Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute? Is that right? Did I do it right? episode of Superman 2 Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can fly this 1980s Superman 2, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space is... Rob Kelly. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Uh, things are great. Uh, we are about to watch Superman make one of the dumbest things <laughs> any he's ever done in his career, uh, but we'll, we'll get to it shortly. Right, yes. These minutes begin with Zod continuing his State of the Universe address and ends with the villainous trio enacting his National Monument refurbishment program. <laughs> but there's some pretty important minutes in the middle that Rob alluded to, so let's jump right into it. So uh, we see Sheriff J.W. Pepper again, and notice he's not under arrest, although Deputy Dwayne is, apparently, because Deputy Dwayne is one of the people who's got his hands over his head. But- <laughs> he gives up a lot easier than Sheriff Pepper. Yeah, Sheriff Pepper's just like, I've seen shit like this before. I've been in two James Bond movies, you know. <laughs> I saw a guy run across alligator heads once. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. So Zod makes an example out of a four-star army general ripping the stars off his uniform. And I always thought this actor makes the most out of this scene because he he shows that he's frightened, but he's trying hard not to show it, and it ke- he keeps that defiant you know, military stance, that straight up and down stance the whole time, that stiff upper lip, you know, I always, I answer only to the president, you know, the way he said, the way he says that too, just, you know, it's as he, you know, and and man, Zod is really just when he answers him back and he will answer to To me. me. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's, he's like, you know, Zod was like, you know, kind of, you know, laid back about everything before, but now that he's got some power, man, he's, He's like really just foaming at the mouth now, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, Stamp is making a meal out of these lines, absolutely. And, and and in a weird way, I almost wonder if Zod doesn't subtly respect someone who kind of stands up to him a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, Zod, yeah. I feel like the guy because you're right. The, this actor, by the way, um, I, you know, I'll talk in a second who this actor is. But uh, the the way he says, yeah, I answer only to the president, and you know. Zod again. I wonder if Zod is almost like okay, you know, like I'm you're you're kind of mouthing off to me, but you're a general. I'm a general. Uh, I can appreciate that. You know, I mean, I'm letting you know that I'm the now I'm now in charge. But on some level, it's some gesture of respect. I feel like if this guy did this to Ursa, Ursa would just snap his neck because she oh, doesn't yeah. she doesn't regard that. But Zod is just maybe a little more like okay, this guy's a fellow general, so I can I can you know appreciate what he's what he's trying to do, even though I'm going to countermand everything he, he says. Right, and if it had been Ursa, she would have stole all of his, you know, little oh, ripped and pins all the stuff and stuff. Off, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised she didn't keep the four star uh, lapel that he ripped off yeah. of him. You know, so yeah. <laughs> uh, the actor is Don Fellows. Uh, he was in a bunch of great movies. He was in Eye of the Needle with Donald Sutherland, which is a great spy movie directed by Richard Marquand uh, from Return of the Jedi. Uh, Haunted Honeymoon with Gene Wilder and Gilda Radner. Richard hmm. Donner's The Omen. 
Uh, a uh, he's in a great movie that very few people have seen called Pretty Poison with uh, Anthony Perkins and Tuesday Weld, which is just an un- ver- very unknown movie. But boy, is it, it's terrific. He died in 2007. But if you're looking at him and you're thinking he seems very familiar, it's because he is the non-Porkins guy. In the opening scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where the two, you know, government guys come to the college and talk to uh, Indy about, uh, you know, Nazi, uh, Nazi, Tannis proceeding, Staff of Ra, that, that's that guy, Abner Ravenwood, U.S., that's, that's him, that's the other guy, so that's his other major genre credit, is he is that guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, he had a good couple of years, man, I mean. He sure did, Yeah. <laughs> Wow, to be in those two movies back to back, basically, it's like wow, that's good run. <laughs> yeah, I, I have said uh, in uh, other shows, and I think I said it even on the Raiders episode that we did uh, on Film and Water, that that scene of of uh, Porkins, I should <laughs> that's his name in Star Wars, <laughs> William Hootkins. The man's name is William Hootkins. <laughs> Lieutenant Eckhart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lieutenant Eckhart. Right, exactly. Uh, William Hootkins and Don Fellows coming to talk to Indy and Marcus is, in my estimation the greatest scene in cinema history of table setting where you Mm. just have to have a bunch of characters explain the plot. And most of the time in movies, those are pretty tedious scenes. You know, you kind of get itchy. You're like, Oh, come on, get to the action. But I could watch them do that all day. And obviously part of it is the directing of Steven Spielberg. Part of it is the writing, but I also think it is the performances of the actors. If there's this wonderful contrast of Indy, I know we're not talking about Superman, but like of Indy, you know, being the expert and Marcus kind of backing him up. And then you've got these two guys that are just bewildered by all this. And so that scene, I, I never tire of watching that scene ever, even though it is just a bunch of guys looking at books, talking about stuff. And I really right. think it has something to do with the performances of the actors. So good, good on you, Don fellows. You really, you, you took what could have been a very dull scene and made it really interesting. Right. And I mean, this, I mean, I've always remember the way this guy delivered the line. He, yeah. If he said, I, I answer only to the president, that wouldn't have worked. But the way he says, I answer only to the president. Yeah. The way he says that is just like, you know, I mean, you remember that guy because mm-hmm. he is, he's as defiant as he can be in that moment and not have his head heat visioned off. Yep. You know, yep. I think mean? so. Yep. So, yeah. So I, I like this guy. I'd like to check him out in, in these other movies you're talking about. So yep. I'll have to check him out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, you know, Zod says, you know, you know, the rest of his cities will look like this one, you know, when he talks about, you know, and he, he points back to what they've done to uh, East Houston, Idaho. But I, you know, I have to say, yeah, it's horrible what they've done, but it'd been even worse if it hadn't looked like a tornado had come through the town when we first went there. Because you know? <laughs> the town was a wreck to begin with. Let's face it, people. So, <laughs> yeah, there's stuff on fire and stuff. But other than that, yeah, it's like I don't really see a whole lot of difference myself. But you know, <laughs> again, it's kind of like that town in the first Thor movie. It's like, yeah, the destroyer and Thor wreck it, but it's like. You know what? What wasn't much before now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so when are you showing me what it looks like after the tornado hit? I don't understand. Right. What am I? What am I waiting for? Yeah, right. yeah. It's, 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 uh, I mean, if Zod thinks that he levy, if, if Zod thinks he destroyed this city, wait till he gets to like a big city and really starts knocking buildings over. He's going to be so excited. Right, right. And of course, we get to see that, which is you know, really cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so we then cut back to the Fortress of Solitude. And we see Lois buttoning up her rather diaphanous uh, nightgown. 
while Superman is talking to his mom. Mm. Uh, that's kind of a weird series of events, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. I don't think most folks call their mom right before, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you absolutely should not do that. I'm going to suggest you have some issues if you do that. I'm not here to judge, but I'm just saying. Right. I, I think I think there might be, you know, at, at worst, at, at best, some confidence issues, at worst, some other things we don't want to get into. Uh, Quite literally, so, the last person on the planet Earth I want to think about before I have sex is my mother. That is exactly. literally the last person on the planet. Dr. Maybe, Freud be damned. We don't want to do that. So Maybe, maybe Donald Trump, but man, my brother's a close second. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Superman is communicating with Lara or the Lara AI, as we've talked, through the crystals, and he has asked her a question off camera, which we're not sure what he asked her at first, but we soon learn he's asking what he has to do to be with Lois. And the answer is pretty strict, don't you think, Rob? Boy, these Kryptonians, man, they are really all about staying within their own race. I mean, you can't... <laughs> And, okay, and this brings up an interesting question. So what does – like – okay, it's, <laughs> this is a children's film, so we're going to get too deep into this. But uh, – uh, no, I was, was going to say something else, but now I'm not going to. Okay, so um, w- w- when he says, I want to be with Lois, what is that – like does he have to give up his powers to have sex with Lois? What happens if he's just like, look, I just love Lois and I want to be Lois's boyfriend, husband – does he have to give up his powers then? I wouldn't think so. So it really is, is it just the sex? Because he could choose to have a non-sexual relationship with her and still be Superman, right? I mean, because it's not like it's a, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't, he could just decide, Lois, you and I are going to be together now and I'm still going to go off and be Superman. It's like, what? what is it? Is it the physical act of, of sex that makes them do this? I don't, it's like a weird choice that, why does he have to? make this choice at all like what what counts as being with her i don't know what they're, they're talking about here exactly right yeah i mean that's the thing i'm asking and, and, and i thought for a minute there you're going to ask is there physical differences but no we we've seen little superman when he was a baby oh my so so, so we know <laughs> oh that, my chris we know there's physical i'm just saying there's physical compatibility you know C- so cindy, I mean, cindy must not be home that's the only thing yeah. i can assume <laughs> She's in the other room. Okay. I'm just, I'm saying, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be vulgar. I'm just saying physically. It is it true. We have seen super, from what we can yeah. tell, Superman looks, is built the same way as any other, uh, you know, human male. Right. Exactly. He has the same parts. So, I mean, we, we, you know, that part, okay, that's, that's out of the way. We think that works. Now, of course, like you said, it's the, is it, is it back? Like I mentioned last time, are we back to the man of steel woman of Kleenex thing? Right. Is it, it. Is it that, you know, if they're going to have sex, then he can't be Kryptonian because he'll kill her? Uh, you know, I mean, or is it, you know, is it is it a cultural thing where, like you said, it's like, it's a Kryptonian. It's like, yeah, hey, hey, if you go native, you go all the way native. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, is it what I mean, what what is it? You know, is it is it like, oh, you can't be with a, you know, you can't be with a human unless you are a human because that's against our beliefs or, 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 or you know, I, I don't know. I, it just it seems weird that we you know, go to this. And of course, Lois has walked up and she's just hearing all this. So you got to kind of wonder, well, you know, Superman, you might've want to run this. You kind of <laughs> should have run this past Lois. You know, I, I'm just saying, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, you meet a girl and you guys are really, you know, you know, you, you kind of, you feel like you got a connection. You go out on one date 
And, you know, then you kind of like in between, you know, the, the, the gaze back and forth between each other, things are going to happen. You're, you know, and then you go off and you call a realtor and say, I want to buy a house. Yes. You know, it's yeah. like, I just bought us a house. We're getting married. You know, it's like, yep. what? You know, it's like, well, I didn't agree to that. You know, so, yep. so Lois is like, did she, and I mean, I, I hate to say this about Lois, but I mean, we're going to see the look on her face. I'll just go ahead and bring it up here. I was going to bring it up later. Is Lois really interested in a non-super Superman? No, I say no. she's not. And I don't mean I, that. I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that mean that she's that she's like a shallow or vain or whatever. But she's in love with the the. She's in love with this man who is a hero who can do all these amazing things, and he's not the same guy. And we'll talk about this in subsequent episodes. But in in Christopher Reeve sells it as he's not the same guy. He doesn't mm, carry yeah. himself the same way. She's attracted right. to his confidence because, of course, he's confident because he can do anything. He's the only right. superhero except for the villains, of course, which he, he would know about if he had a trouble alert. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, like he's not the same person uh, without the powers. He's, he's just a different person. So she's not in love with that. She's in love with Superman. That's not a bad thing. That doesn't make her a bad person. But it's not the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, he's making a really fatal miscalculation. And it is partly based on what you just talked about, that he's making this decision so fast. I mean, they've had mm-hmm. they've had half a date uh, and yeah. one interview. And he's already like, all right, I'm going to give up all my powers for forever uh, for this woman. Again, without even consulting her. Really, it, again, we you know, hey, everybody, we love this movie. You know, we know that. Everybody, you all know that. We love this movie. That's why we're here doing it. But this scene really does make Superman look stupid. It just does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And we'll, we'll yeah, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll discuss it more as we get to the end of this. But uh, so as Lara uh, speaks, a crystal chamber rises from the floor and she tells her son that this chamber, which harnesses the red sun energies of Krypton, will strip Kal-El of his powers forever. I mean, they said forever. Uh, so uh, she warns him once this is done there is no return so remember that folks there's Mm -hmm. no return Mm -hmm. Uh, he will become an ordinary man and feel and hurt like an ordinary man and then her astral form actually walks out of the crystals and approaches him which I thought was a neat, you know, neat little bit. Oh, I love uh, that. that. I think that's a great touch. Yeah, I, I thought that, you know, when as a kid, I'm like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, but, but, you know, really, I mean, I thought that then, but really, I mean, Jorel was just a floaty head the whole time. So, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it, but it's like, it's okay, think about this. Jorel, you know, presents himself to his son as this giant floating head. And then Lara, you know, she's just in this little, crystal mirror type thing and then she walks out she's the same size as her son so is this Jorel's giant ego you know basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my son yeah he's got he's marlon brando he's marlon brando thought, all over the place let me lord it over you with my giant skull you know basically <laughs> yeah uh but uh yeah so she asked him if he's sure and he said tells her Mother, I love her. And Lois sighs and closes her eyes. Again, Is what is she thinking here? Is she moved by the sacrifice? Is she worried that this is a mistake or is it a bit of both? What do you think? I think it's a bit of both. I think she, she – I think she loves him and she – I think she's sorry that this is the choice he has to make. That And mm. she's touched that he's willing to do it and they're all going to come to regret it very shortly. Uh, but I also think that she's sad that that, and she's probably even a little scared because it's like, well, what, 
what's he going to be like in a moment? And I really like, uh, you mentioned Suzanne York as, as Laura coming out. I think that's a great touch. But I love when they cut back to her. After he gets in the chamber and they cut back to her, just as she fades, um, she bows her head in sadness. And yeah. I think that's a nice touch. I really like that she's she's like, okay, you know, my son's going to do this, but I'm really sorry. Because, again, she tried to stress to him, you can be hurt. She leans on that line. You can be hurt like an ordinary man. Like it, in, a, in a comedy movie, she'd be like, you, did you hear me? You can be hurt like an ordinary man. You know, like <laughs> you're not used to this. You're, I mean, it, it's kind of like that whole thing about like when you live in like a bubble of privilege and the minute your privilege is, is not 100%, you feel like you're being, you know, uh, being uh, thwarted. You know, like you're being, oh, man, I used to get everything I want. And then the second I don't get it. Uh, all of a sudden, my life sucks. It's like, no, you just don't have a really great perspective. Superman has literally never gone through life fearing physical harm, ever. Uh, and now he's, you know, it's like, you have no idea what that's going to be like, buddy. And I'm trying to tell you, but he won't listen, so Laura does her best. Yeah, so physics to economics, he's going to be like Dan Aykroyd and ch- trading places, basically. Yes, here in exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a perfect metaphor. Yes, yes. <laughs> And he's not going to meet Jamie Lee Curtis. No, uh, right. He's not going to get. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's going to have to live in a cruddy apartment, and he's going to sell the the, the the complicated watch for fifty bucks. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening here. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I do like that. You know, like you said, when she disappears, the only thing I wish is that they had had a scene where Reeve and her were actually on the set together. Mm. They could have done that. You know, they could have had them actually because it's it's still when she comes to him, it's still obviously green screen, right? And then, and then when she when she uh, fades away, it's like a you know a lap dissolve or whatever, and uh, you know she's in the shot and they've got the camera locked and then she moves out of the shot and then they fade between the two or whatever. But but I wish Reeve had been in that shot, you know, because then we could have seen them actually. Because spoiler warning for a scene we're not going to really talk about until we eventually talk about the Donner cut uh, in like one episode or whatever. But but you know Brando and Christopher Reeve are actually in a scene together, right? Uh, in the Donner cut, but we don't get uh, Susanna York and Christopher Reeve together, which I think is a little unfortunate, but uh, yeah. So Superman walks to the chamber and Lois starts toward him, but she hesitates. So he's Superman. So he has to know she's there, right? I mean, he has to be able to <laughs> he hear to be her. Sure. Yeah. He has to be able to hear her shuffling across the ice. Uh, so is he just doing it so she can't stop him? You, 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 like I said, you think he'd say, well, so what do you think? Should I do this? But no, no, he's just going straight for the chamber. I mean, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, he enters the chamber and, uh, I have to say, you know, we keep cutting back to Lois. Uh, you know, we've talked about how the cinematographer and the makeup and hair didn't do Mario Kidder a whole lot of service in this film. Uh, but she looks really nice here. Mm-hmm. I have to say she. She looks very nice in the, in this sequence. Uh, they've they've got her made up very nice. She looks very pretty. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, so Superman enters the chamber and it start things start getting really trippy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he he glows red and we cut to a scene which looks to be from the Luthor's gauntlet scene that was cut from the first film because. I... <laughs> Don't you think that's what it looks like? I think you're right. I never thought of it before, but yeah, I think that is exactly what it is. When he's walking and Luther's shooting all the flame at him. Yep. He's but he's standing there. It's like looks like it's in a subway, like you know Luthor's lair, and but he but he turns like he's in pain, and then it splits like the screen splits into like two Superman turning in opposite directions. So 
I don't know if they filmed that then, knowing they put it in this sequence, or they went back to that set, because I can't imagine... I don't think Superman ever winced at the flames in the in the. I haven't seen the director's cut of where that they reinserted those scenes in in a while, but I don't think he ever makes that that face where he turns in the in the film because he looks like he's in pain, you know. So right. I don't know, but it looks like it's definitely on the same set with the same effect. So it's so it's kind of weird. But uh, then we get even weirder with an animated sequence. Showing Superman's face being stripped of skin and muscle. I dig down, this. Yeah, it's cool. Down to his skull and then back again. So, did you like it as a kid too? Oh, I did. I think it's great. I love and, and as a as a quote unquote adult, uh, the thing I love about it is that it's just weird and unexplained, and I like that. It reminds me actually of the scene in Star Trek Four where they go back in time for the first time mm. and it's got all those weird heads and there's like di- there's actually dialogue from later on in the film dropped in early and they don't explain it and I like it I like that they just it's like not everything has to be explained all the time some things are just weird and I like that this I mean the, this the whole scene with the animation where it, we see him get turned into like a skull uh, yeah. I mean suggests that he's being broken down on a molecular level uh, mm-hmm. which I like which which suggests that this is actually probably a fairly painful process uh, which I like. I like the idea that you know it's not just like oh boom like in comic books, you know, and like in the the Silver Age, Superman was constantly losing his powers. He just got zapped by anything. He's like, oh, I don't have any powers now. But here, it actually looks like it probably hurts, which I like a lot. I think that's a cool idea. So I, I like the surrealistic touches of that sequence. Yeah, I do too. I, I think it's really sharp. And I remember as a kid, you know, being kind of grossed out by it a little bit. I mean, not like, like scared, but just like, you know, but I I thought it was cool in a, in a cool way, you know, that it was (laughs) like kids like gross stuff, you know? So yeah, he looks like uh, that, that human body diorama you see in science class. It's like all the, you know, the human body with all the epidermis removed. So you just see all the musculature. Do you remember slim good body? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's what, I mean, I guess I wasn't as freaked out by, you know, by this look because he basically is like we're in slip. It looks like he's that slim good body suit on there for a minute, mm-hmm. you know. So. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's like it's literally like breaking him down and then rebuilding him. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really – and Lois has – you know, she's already gasped, gasped at this and she's finding it hard to watch. You know, she's kind of looking – she's watching but looking away at the same time, you know, like she looks and then looks away and it's probably from the light too and – but, uh, you know, all this is going on. The control crystals explode, uh, and they turn black as smoke billows out of them, which I think is a really nice effect. I mean, they looked instantly looked just charred and, and destroyed. So I thought that was a really, really nice effect. It's all in one shot, too, so it's really cool. Um, and in the chamber, we see a second Christopher Reeve image emerge, it appears, and and this one is dressed in black pants and a white shirt, and he looks like he's ready for a guest spot on the Tonight Show. Yeah, this is. A, I didn't. Uh, th- I guess that I didn't know that the Gap had a location inside this crystal chamber, but apparently they do because he comes with these clothes. I will say I love the ghostly Superman image stuck oh, in the chamber. Yeah. I think that, and he's got his head down again, like deep, deep, deep down. He knows this is probably not a smart thing to do. I think that's right. a nice touch. Uh, but boy, do I hate him walking out in earth clothes i just think that's such a doofy take and i think it would have been better if he had walked out in the superman costume because as we have seen in in the the first movie christopher reeve is able to with just some subtle physical changes of his body the way he carries himself he is able to suggest 
you know, the Superman build. And then other times he's kind of more like the Clark Kent kind of build, even though he's all the same guy. And I think it would have been interesting to see Christopher Reeve carry himself as Superman without Superman's powers, but still in the costume. Like what that would have looked like. You you would have been able to see that's not the same guy. Yeah, he's wearing the costume, but it's not the same guy. But they cheat by putting him in these just a white shirt and pants. Uh, He's basically the um, Clark Kent Mego doll uh, at this point, Uh, (laughs) which I I just I don't I wish they had not done that. I just think it's cheesy that somehow the Kryptonians have Earth clothes put in there, you know, like, come on. Well, I, you know what it is, is this, the Superman suit is from the blankets from Krypton. So it's property of Krypton. He is not allowed to have anything Kryptonian anymore. They're he harsh. Is... They're really <laughs> hard. We're blowing to the control panel. You don't get the clothes. Screw you, Kal-El. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, you quit a job and you're like, you, you, yeah, we keep the uniform. You know, it's like, <laughs> give the uniform back. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do think, though, this whole – I do love, like you said, with the, the after image of Superman as he walks out, they separate. It's kind of like they're floating on top of each other for yep. a while. And then and then uh, Clark – well, I guess we'll have to call him Clark because Lois calls him Clark later, even though he's not – you know, he's not Clark Kent that we've known in the movie that Christopher Reeve has played but uh, so far. But, he, you know, he gets – he solidifies and the after image of Superman – he like slowly – he's got his hands up on the glass and they slowly fall down and his head falls like you said and then he just disappears, uh, which I thought is – it's just a – it's a very – it's a very comic booky thing too. It's a very comic booky moment that I, I think it's, it's, it's really – it's really cool. Yeah, so yeah, the whole, the whole clothes thing is a, is a little weird but uh, yeah. So Clark walks up to Lois who can't believe he just did that for her and in fact I can't either. Uh, yeah, 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 us too, Lois. I think she should just slap him for leaving Earth defenseless just to get laid, but mm. you know, uh, <laughs> Lex, Lex Luthor is out there, right? We do know that, right? Right. What if you know? I mean, I know we're a few years ahead, but what if she just smacked him like uh, Cher did in Moonstruck? Snap out of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and who does she slap? Nicholas Cage, who almost played Superman, of course. Ah, uh, there you go. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. He's been in a Superman suit. We've seen the pictures. That's right. Uh, yeah. So she says, I don't know what to say. And he responds, just say you love me, which will come back up later, folks. I'm just mm. saying. Remember that line. That's going to come up later. So note she kisses his hand, but they never kiss. In fact, they haven't kissed through all of this. No. No. So so are they saving, are they saving that for later? I think they're saving uh, that for later. They're saving so. it for about 30 seconds later. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we, I mean, we see, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, they hug, and Clark looks off camera and back to her again, and they begin to walk to the infamous silver-sheeted canopy bed, and young Derek William Crabb bows to one day own those sheet sets. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what his jacket is made of. That's the same material. Oh, there you go, probably so. <laughs> Yeah, I, the the bed is like I I don't think I ever noticed before that there's like crystals jutting out the bottom of it. I, that's it's a like weird big, looking bed. That's a yeah, weird looking bed. I don't know what that. That's like that's like you know like everybody was in love with water beds in the seventies and eighties, and now <laughs> people look at it like God, what the hell were people thinking, right? So I think this is like the Kryptonian version of a water bed. I think so. Have you ever been in a water bed? Yes, I have. They are horribly uncomfortable. I didn't like yes, it at they, all. 
yes, they, they are. Yeah. yeah. They really are. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't see how you sleep on this. Like, no. type thing. Yeah. I don't know how you do anything. I don't know how you do anything on this bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I won't say anymore, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Superman two after dark. That's right. Uh, I, I will say, you know, before we move forward, I will say, you know, we, again, we're trying to be, we, we love this movie, but I will say if this movie came out today, the internet would be oh. cracked in half. Oh my by, God. The meltdown. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. By, by this, if this happened in a, a current comic book adaptation, either a DC or a Marvel movie, I, you know, it, it, you know, no matter what the character was, if they gave up their power, you know, like this, just for Nookie, you know, I mean, it's like, or just for, you know, selfish reason, whatever it is. I mean, short of Spider-Man, because that's a whole stick of Spider-Man he's got to learn, you know, but, but yeah, people would lose their shit. I mean, yep. you know, I mean, everybody pretty much, including us, railed against the fact that Henry Cavill just stood there and let Congress blow up around him, you know? Right, right. So here is Superman just giving up his powers, his ability to protect his adopted planet, you know, for, you know, one, I mean, whether it's for one night of passion or it's for one human, no matter how much he loves her, yeah, that that's that would crack the internet in half. I mean, they would, we would, you know... Yeah, it would it would not go over well. No. <laughs> we give this a this movie's been grandfathered in because yes. it's a yeah, yes, that's it. That's it. And I will I will take this moment to give uh, actually say something nice about a movie that I hate Batman v Superman. Uh, the scene of Clark and Lois, uh, like not having sex, but like obviously being intimate with each other where she's in the tub. And mm-hmm. he jumps into the tub with her. I really like that scene because, first of all, I think Henry Cavill and Amy Adams had a palpable uh, chemistry. Uh, mm-hmm. And I liked how it was shot because it felt like um, – it was like this is what two, adult, two consenting adults uh, that have a physical relationship uh, would do. And they're, they're, they're having fun. And that was a it, – it didn't – that scene didn't feel salacious to me or creepy or weird. It felt – just fun and playful and kind of sexy. So I actually give that, that's like, again, I don't like that movie at all, but I, I give them credit. That scene was actually pretty well done. And when you, as you say, this film has been grandfathered in, so we're not as bothered by it, but this scene just on paper is way creepier than, than anything they did with Henry Cavill and Amy Adams. <laughs> this one is right. that, And that bed is just so strange looking. It looks kind of like something out of HR Geiger almost. Yeah, uh, I don't know how that really gets, uh, you know, gets the things gets things moving in the right direction. But I, you know, I don't know. Lois is Lois has her tastes, I guess. Yeah, I, you know, it's it. I, I, I'm one of those people. I'm kind of like with Michael Bailey. I don't like the end of Alan Moore's Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow because for the same reasons. Because Superman gives up his powers, he shirks his responsibility because he feels he's unjustly violated his own moral code. Mm. Well, you know, suck it up and get over it, Clark. You know, the world <laughs> needs you, you know. So it's kind of the same thing here. I mean, here here it's even worse because he's just like he's not even thinking about it. He's you know, Superman there's like I you know, I'm not fit to to be, you know, the protector of the world because I've violated my code, so I'm gonna walk into this chamber full of gold kryptonite, you know. But but uh but you know, so here he's just like, yeah, I want to be with this chick, so I'm up for whatever, you know. So it's, <laughs> it, you know, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think 
I think, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe if we got like a moment of hesitation from him and he thought about how he was going to leave the world. But if he did that, then he'd never go through with it. Right. That's true. Yeah. So the plot would never happen. So, you know, so then they'd have to, well, now what's the movie going to be? So, you know, again, it's part of a classic movie. We accept it. But, yeah, this, yeah, like you said, on paper, it doesn't make sense. They make it work as as well as they can. Uh, You know, Reeve pulls it off, like we said, because selling how overly enamored and excited he is to be with Lois. But yeah, it, it just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work. But, um, can I, if I, if you'll indulge me for a moment, Rob, I, I, I know this is, we're examining the movie, but I do have something popped in my head like a a month or so ago. And I've been waiting for this moment to bring this up. I have a fanfic idea that popped in my head. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. Okay. Okay. So we know Superman three at one point was supposed to have Brainiac in it, right? right? Yes. And so it had kind of evolved into the sentient computer thing that became the terrifying cyborg woman that everybody still has nightmares about. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so say Brainiac is in the film in this other version of Superman three, or maybe a later movie. He comes to Earth. He's assimilating data everywhere, and he comes to the fortress. He's scanning the memory banks because he's found info on a world he thought was destroyed. So he gets all the information on Krypton, and once he gets it, he wrecks the fortress completely with this mighty alien power surge. So what if that surge activated that crystal chamber again, and just what if through the alien power that just poured through it, it recreated what we just saw here in reverse, and in fact we'll see reverse later, the spoiler warning. Uh, But the chamber lights up, it's all flashing and pulsing, and after a dramatic pause, Superman emerges. The essence of Superman we saw float away has now become its own separate entity, and that Superman, half remembering who he is, flies away, and for the rest of the film, the real Superman must deal with not only Brainiac, but this strange duplicate who begins to deteriorate and eventually become Bizarro. Uh, that's I'm sold. I, you, you sold me on this. Where can I go see this movie, Chris? I mean, come on. Yeah, no, that you know, I mean, it's like on as we just said on paper, like that's a brilliant idea. But as we know, these movies, especially the later ones, were so thrown together uh, and with no real thought of like that. There's going to be a whole universe that that you could see why that was never done because it was right. all just like nowadays. Yeah, when they start making these movies, they plan oh, we're going to do five of these. So let's start dropping in hints of this guy will be in this film or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, no, I love that idea. And I am still completely flummoxed that Brainiac has never made it into a movie yet. This is just yeah. unreal. One of the great yeah. Superman villains. And he just keeps getting screwed because they like, you know, they're like, Oh, maybe we'll do Brainiac. And then the script gets revised and it gets dropped. So that's, that's a great idea. Luth- I love it. Oh, thanks. It's, it's let's do Luthor and Zod again. Yeah. You know, let's do yeah. Luthor and Zod again. Yeah. Yep. It's over and over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, it's yeah. a great idea, Chris. I want to live in that alternate universe. That's that sounds like a good idea. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate right. it. Yeah. Uh, so we cut away from the super consummation, thank goodness, and head to Mount Rushmore, where the Phantom Zoners remake the monument in their own images with a quick blast of heat vision, and they don't even leave Lincoln up there. They just blast him off. So. Uh, these guys are pretty good artists, don't you think, Rob? They're very good. I mean, this is, of course, an early indication of a wall-rebuilding vision. Uh, <laughs> we'll come back later. Um, it is. This is such a fun goof. This is almost something level of, like, uh, the Batman TV show. Of yeah. how goofy it is. Like, why would they bother to do this? This is so silly. 
but it's fun. And uh, I, you know, it was funny when I first, you know, when you first see the scene, you're like, well, geez, boy, they've really done a number on the North Dakota tourism. But then I realized I actually probably a lot of people would flock to see the new Mount Rushmore with the three villain. Like it would probably still remain quite a tourist trap because you're like, wow, these remember that time those aliens came by and defaced Mount Rushmore? Yeah, that'd be cool. So I guess this thing probably draws just as many people. In fact, it's probably even more exciting because it's three bad guys as opposed to some boring president. Right. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. And so at the end of this film, do we think, you know, did Superman go fix it like he did the Leaning Tower of Pisa? I have to. I, I sure hope so. I mean, otherwise, the, the Matt Rushmore is the, got the three Kryptonian villains on it. That would suck. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so on his rather ratty TV, the president of the United States watches in disgust. <laughs> He says, imagine what they'll do to, to the world uh, if we resist. So, uh, you know, so that's, uh, uh, you know, so they have like absolutely no way to resist these guys. But a thought occurred to me, Rob, and I'm, I, I'm sorry I keep rewriting everything. But what, what if Luthor hadn't broken out of prison and the government went to him to help defeat Zod and crew because he did, you know, put Superman on the ropes for a while. That's another so, really fun idea. I like that. You're full of great ideas this morning. That's a that's a really that would have been a fun turn if they yeah. turned to Luthor as like, well, you're the only guy that even got close to defeating Superman. So we need your help. That's a really fun idea. Damn, Chris, you're you're, <laughs> you're wasting your time at your job, man. You got to be in Hollywood and pitching these ideas because these are all <laughs> solid, solid. That's a really great idea. I'd never thought of that. All the forty years I've lived with this movie but that's a that that would be a great unexpected third act turn to turn to luthor and make him kind of like the guy that they're like all right you you know superman you abdicated the throne so you could get some you know what uh so we're going to turn to the bad guy because he's the only guy that can help us that's really cool right a little jeff johns would love it because he's oh, constantly man. trying to make lex into a hero so. oh man yeah oh, <laughs> jeff, jeff john oh yeah Eight, yeah somewhere seven-year-old jeff johns is inspired by right. superman too <laughs> I think it would yeah. have been funny if we're gonna if we're gonna play the game of let's imagine. It would have been funnier if they just wanted to make it even funnier. It's like after they destroy Mount Rushmore, like the the villains just go through America destroying all of the tourist traps. You know, it's like they've destroyed the largest bowl of twine. They've destroyed the corn <laughs> palace. You know, just all the <laughs> <laughs> they've changed Disney World to Zod World. You know, all the rides are right. Zod rides and stuff like that. So. <laughs> It's a Zod world after exactly, all. Exactly, right. Yeah, that would have been awesome. They make it make everybody everybody has hats with Zod on it instead of the ears or whatever. Yeah. It's like they're just like, we're just gonna, you know, Zod's into branding, as we know. That's right. Like him and Bruce Wayne, you know, big into branding. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> our minutes in with some impressive scenes of the villains flying over their new domain. So they're flying we don't know where they're flying right now, but it's it's a pretty nice shot uh, of of them flying yep. in at pretty high speed over over some nice uh, mountainous and uh, terrain. So uh, we got any last thoughts on these minutes, Rob? Um, just again, reiterating your idea that like we, we as a certain generation accept certain things because it has been grandfathered in and you're right. If this movie as exists, as it exists now had been released in 2010 or 20 or whatever, the internet would have exploded. You know, right. and it re- and because there was no internet back then, you just accepted these things. And I grew up with this notion that Superman gives up his powers so he can be with Lois. Okay, that's that's the plot of the story. But if they'd done that in a movie now, you'd be like, you'd be howling. And so, you know, all credit to the other movies that have come along, and I still have my issues with them. But it is true that this movie, 
and later on, there will be scenes of Superman doing something that we really ripped Man of Steel for doing uh, that we just sort of accept. So you have to kind of take all this with a, a certain amount of kind of Kryptonian grain of salt because, you know, we just we, we just accepted it because we had to because that, that's what the movie was. But in the in the cold light of day, you're like, yeah, there's some there's some curious decisions here. Right. And we all know that he's he's doing this to learn a lesson. But, man, the decision a, itself oof. was just like. Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> chill out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, like again, you're in a you're in an ice fortress. Go take a cold shower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so that'll do it for these minutes. Uh, so, uh, if you have any comments on this episode or uh, the sh- the show in general, the movie in general, be sure to uh, leave them at firewaterpodcast.com. Uh, that's where you can also find all the shows that Rob and I host. Uh, there's several. Uh, we won't get into it right now, but so we're, we're all over the place. Uh, we'd love to read your comments on the movie there, so please leave us a comment there. And you can leave us a review on uh, whatever iTunes is, it, Apple, Apple Podcasts nowadays. I think it's called Apple Podcasts now. Yeah, if, if you'll leave us, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you like. Uh, thanks, as always, to Pete the Retail and Alex Robinson for welcoming us into the Minute by Minute family, allowing us to use that format. So be sure to check out all the great movie shows at moviesbyminute.com. Join our never-ending battle here next week on Superman 2 Movie Minute as the adventure continues. Bye. Bye. Good afternoon, Mr. President. Sorry I've been away so long. I won't let you down again.